0: There is so much safety and security and learning that happens in that stillness and in that space, and that's what was really transformative for me, and that's really what launched me into this practice.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Method Supply Podcast, intentional conversations with incredible humans sharing their daily method. This week, Kaipa talks with holistic occupational therapist, Casey O'Harens. On this week's episode, Casey shares how a mind-body-spirit approach to healthcare really changed her life, and how she is now helping people with her Charleston-based practice, Brutes to Thrive OT. We hope you enjoy.
2: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Method Supply Podcast. I'm your host, Kaipo Sotelo, and I'm here with a good friend based out of the city of Charleston. She's an occupational therapist. We both Went to MUOC. She graduated two years ago. Her name is Casey O'Haron. What's up, Casey?
0: Hey, Kaipo. So glad to be here. Hey, everybody tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Excited to be here.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad that you are here because what Casey does is she's an OT, occupational therapist, and I'll obviously let her dive into that and how that's different, obviously, than PT, but sort of similar in the same vein. But what Casey brings to the table is an approach using using basically self-awareness and using practices like yoga and meditation to add to her practice and I know that for herself that's big because she lives it out in her own life but now she's turned it into a company called Roots to Thrive and she's been helping other people really become more self-aware with their body and their mind and bring everything in unison. And she's been doing such a great job with it, and I've been wanting to get her on here for a while. So um, I'm super glad she's here. Um, Casey, you want to go ahead and get started?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kaipo, before I start my big introduction to everything, can I settle everybody in with a little mindful practice? Absolutely. Okay, Awesome. So this will be real quick, but just kind of settle in wherever you are. If you're seated, feel your body on your seat. If you're moving, just feel wherever you are in space, maybe your feet on the ground. And then if you can, if you're somewhere where it's comfortable, put a hand over your heart. And I just want you to think of someone you really care about. Settling into your breath, feeling your heartbeat with your hand. And I want you to imagine sending that person you just thought of, that person that you care about, sending them some love. Maybe they're across the world. Maybe they're across the room. And then what I want you to do is think about receiving some love from that person. Keeping the hand over the heart. Notice any changes in the body. And then just take a deep breath and you can release your arm, release your hand, opening your eyes if they were closed. And just feeling any changes that happened in that just short practice of, of just taking a moment to be aware of your body, of your breath. And I can introduce myself from here if that's good, Kaipo. Oh,
2: that that was awesome. Okay. I didn't realize like a minute or two passed. That's ridiculous. I that know. Was- that was, that was beautiful. Yeah, Casey, introduce yourself because that was magic.
0: Yeah, cool. All right. Well, I'm glad we're all settled in a little bit. Um, my name is Casey O'Haron I'm an occupational therapist based here in Charleston, South Carolina. I actually recently started my own holistic occupational therapy practice, um, which really brings in a lot of the less traditional aspects of, of Occupational therapy that aren't commonly practiced in traditional OT, um, and there are things I've kind of just learned throughout my journey, um, such as yoga, therapeutic yoga, mindfulness, myofascial release, craniosacral therapy, and reflex integration. Um, so I really have the honor of not only sharing the great practice of occupational therapy with people, but also just a little bit of... of my own twist on it, which kind of brings a lot of grounding and security and safety and connection to those who I work with.
2: You obviously have all these great things that you can offer, and in conjunction with OT, um, obviously, where you just settled all of us down. Now we're like, I'm, i feel very relaxed, but also very excited to keep digging into what you have to offer, yeah, awesome. um, and everything. But what made you think? a holistic practice with OT could work for people?
0: You know, it's kind of interesting. A a few things brought me here. And, you know, we went, we, Kaipo and I both went to the same, you know, school, MUSC in Charleston, and we learned the traditional medical model. Um, Mm -hmm. We learned the body. We learned everything about kinesiology, neurology, every piece of knowledge we get, what I think we don't necessarily, we're not necessarily taught in school is, um, the mind piece, the piece where, you know, everybody comes, comes to us, comes to practitioners, therapists, you know, physical therapists, OTs, doctors, you know, athletic trainers, everybody, they come not only with the body, but they come with a mind too. Mm-hmm. And so, my practice really focuses on integrating both of those. So yes, we have something going on in the body, but that typically means we also have something going on with the mind because our nervous system is what moves our body. Um, So I just really try and look at it from, from the approach of the body and the mind. Um, And, you know, also the spirit because um, our spiritual lives, our emotional lives are so important, um, you know, in our practice as well.
2: So, you talked about, again, you, you're kind of blending quote unquote Western science with more of like that self-awareness model that like we kind of talked about. Exactly. Can you give me a definition of what the body, the mind, and the spirit are from your perspective?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, the body, the traditional way I kind of think about the body is really just the physical body. So mm-hmm. um, our bones, our muscles, our connective tissue, our joints, um, our organs, our organs, um, but we can't disconnect that. I'm going to go straight into the mind and the spirit because um, our nervous system travels throughout our entire body. So our, our mind is not just in our head. Um, we have our central nervous system, which is our brain and our spinal cord connected with our peripheral nervous system, which is all the nerves that innervate our muscles. Um, and believe it or not, our, our nervous system, our peripheral nervous system is actually where we have our fight and flight response. So to get really kind of science right now, in our peripheral nervous system, we have the autonomic nervous system, which has the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest, and our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight-flight. Um, and so we have that body-mind connection. And then on top of all that, we're spiritual beings. So we crave connection. We crave mm-hmm. belonging. We crave, um, you know security and safety. And so we, we have to keep all of those pieces in mind when we're, we're working with the body because the body is, is the mind and the spirit.
2: You basically are attacking the junctions at which all these connect. And you figure if you can affect one, you can affect the other. And one often gets neglected is that mind and spirit side. And yeah, and now I see it because, you know, like, Everyone's played a sport or been competitive in something right you you there's a difference between practice and the performance right um and like the only difference really is maybe people watching maybe there's higher stakes, but the action and the motions are are the same um if you could be completely well in the body, but if your mind's not in it, you're not gonna perform as well um now you've been at o t for two years right yes, yeah, so um now you're figuring out a way to figure out what you know to be true and how to help people using the tools that you have. Um, what are, Where are you, are you getting these tools for mindfulness?
0: You know, it's been a long journey. Um, and I think there's an old saying that's like, you know, once you have the opportunity to experience healing, then it's to complete your healing process, you share that with others. Oh, okay. um, and I feel like that's kind of where I am. I'm figuring out to h- out how to share my healing process with others. Um I was in a bad boating accident in high school and had a dislocated sacral iliac joint in my hip for years. Um, And I did every single type of therapy possible. Hmm. Um, And it wasn't until I found actually a holistic occupational therapist who started doing quite a bit of myofascial release, um, some craniosacral therapy to where we could get my nervous system to a place where I could actually start healing. Hmm. Um, so I think that going through that whole process really, really was what showed me the the powerful tools of of settling the nervous system down to a place where it felt safe for me to start healing and start moving, um, and being comfortable in my body again.
2: I, I actually didn't know that about you. I didn't realize that you you had an accident that kind of opened your eyes to maybe what you're doing right now. Yeah. Um. One of my questions originally was going to be, you know, what led you to do what you're doing today and you kind of answer it there. It's it's interesting how experience that we have as you know in our teens and early 20s, where we are, um like kind of leads us to where now, even at a young age, we can give back because people have spoken that truth into our own lives. And and I absolutely love it because you're like someone made an impact in your life and now you're trying to return the boon in have, have you heard of the heroes' hero's journey?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: So you're you're returning the boon, and I I, I kind of love that. That's that's pretty huge. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper okay. into that healing process for you. Um, yeah. What were what were the lows? Um, because healing implies that you need to be healed. Right. Like there was an issue. There was a problem. Obviously, the accident. But what were the lows like? Um, during your healing process?
0: You know, um the lows were really low and, you know, I, I look back and I'm grateful for them today because of course they brought me to where I am and, and they're giving me the ability to, to help and serve others. Um, but you know, when you're told that, you know, I was told that I needed a fusion from my sacrum to my ilium and I, that mm-hmm. when I had that fusion, I would never be able to bear children naturally. Um, and you know, I've always loved kids. I always wanted to have kids. And so that, you know, hearing that from that, and that's from, you know, our traditional medical model of put some screws in and fix it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, hearing that is, that's so discouraging. And so, you know, I did go into deep depression. I, you know, I have, I struggle with anxiety and I contribute that a lot to, um, you know, part of this journey, um, and the lows, the lows got pretty low, um, just, and being so young and dealing with an injury like that, you kind of feel alone. Um, and Mm -hmm. you you kind of feel misunderstood sometimes too. Um, so, you know, just kind of having the ability to, to have practitioners who were able to help me realize my potential and where I was, was pretty life-changing.
2: Finding someone who can listen to you in, in those dark times. I mean, we've had a lot, like our last, last week's guest, was Coco Atama who is a blind skater. Yeah. He, he uses his platform right now to spread positivity and love and tell people that they can do it, they're not alone and like he open invitation like people want to reach out to him, he he'll get back to them because he knows what it's like to to be alone. Yeah. And I love that similar vein because he also struggled with his own mental things. Like I mean when when adversity strikes, it's only natural to feel alone in all of it because goodness gracious like something bad happened not everything bad is happening to everyone at the same time right so it's like having that for yourself and someone to help you through that time must have been huge and now that you're doing that for everyone else um what were what are some of the things that you used to i guess get you out of that
0: yeah um it's a good question because it's ever evolving um you know, I think I turned really to yoga. I wasn't able to do, I was a a pretty intense athlete in high school. And after that, I wasn't really able to do much of anything. Um, Mm -hmm. so in college I started doing yoga and I fell in love and I completed my 200 hour yoga teacher training my sophomore year of college. And that was my thing. I taught yoga, um, pretty much every day in college. And that's really what got me through because, um, you know, having a platform to kind of share my story and be seen and be heard and, you know, not feeling like I had to push through an athletic event, but could kind of pull back and release through a yoga flow was really super healing and life changing for me. Um, and then, of course, that carries into my practice now. And I feel like a lot of my practice now is based on some of those yogic principles. Um, and so, yeah, it's led me to where I am.
2: When you gave us that settling practice at the beginning, one of the things that you said was to focus on someone you love and you giving them love, right? And I thought, okay, that, that was settling in of itself. And then something I didn't expect you to say was to receive love from that same person, uh-huh. right? I, I thought that was amazing because I, I mean – for me personally, like I, I, I have like this arrogant thing, like no one's gonna get to me. I'm, I'm yeah. a steady rock. I'm, I'm stoic in my, my emotions, and nothing's gonna sway me. But you got me there because I thought of my fiance Holly yeah. who was here at the beginning and end of this, and you know, receiving love from her is like the, the greatest thing ever. And you made me think of that, and you made me think of how selling it is to be loved. Uh-huh. And I mean, you said you completed your 200 hour yoga, um, instructor. Um, certification as a sophomore how long ago was that
0: gosh seven years ago now
2: yeah seven years ago so this is seven years of yoga like true yogi experience yeah it's it's amazing I I think it's I think it's really really cool because you can hear in your voice there's this like I said at the beginning the surety, right yeah maybe not everything is going right all the time but the it's almost like this faith that you you're things will get better and there are practices to kind of push you that. So yeah. um, from undergrad, you like got yoga in, in your system. I'm mm-hmm. going to say it like that. It sounds really strange, but.
0: Yeah, no, you're um, right. That's right. It Infiltrated yeah. my system.
2: <laughs> yeah. So you, you, now yoga is a, is a big part of your life. Um, you get to MUSC and you're able to do these things, right? And you said you, you, you love kids.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: you had, didn't you have a, a pediatric job at first?
0: I did. I did. I briefly worked, um, in pediatrics and, you know, I love, I love children. I love working with children. I think children are so much smarter and wiser (laughs) than adults. And I adore working with children. And, um, so I did work briefly with children and, um, it wasn't exactly the setting I wanted to be in, and having this self-awareness, I'm quick to know when things don't feel right, and you know, quick to not stay in something that's uncomfortable um, mm-hmm. if it's not, you know, serving myself or others in a way I feel like it should. Um, and so I was, you know, I I did that for a while. I worked in adults in acute care setting, um, and that was real tough on my nervous system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then. You know, I kind of found this place where I can actually serve children, teens and adults in this from this loving space, from this caring space um, in a way that's accessible. And that's kind of what I do with my practice now um, with Roots to Thrive now. So, yeah, I you know, I've always wanted to work with kids, but I also love, you know, I, I want to share a lot with teenagers because, you know, the teen years, that's when I struggled. That's when I had my accident. That's when I, you know, felt probably my lowest. And so, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, having the ability to serve so many different populations, um, in a work that's really accessible to all populations and really beneficial is really cool.
2: That, I mean, that's great. And you started this within the last year, right?
0: I did. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, um, I think, what, what i was trying to get at was um like like you said you said that you wanted um you love kids and you you want to work with them but having the maturity to say okay that doesn't mean a traditional pediatric practice if it's not the right fit um and then obviously you went to the other end of the spectrum you're working in acute care where you're doing like what seven eight evaluations a day on uh-huh. people that just got hurt and then you don't see them ever again right it's like very very different other end of the spectrum but well, obviously it was a necessity right um Now, like you kind of, can you talk to me about that transition into like, okay, I have this great idea because I know I can serve. I've got these awesome tools that have helped me personally. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, like I've got all these awesome things I want to be able to share. What talk to me about that transition to creating roots Roots to thrive? Like what what made you want to start it?
0: You know, this is just coming to me now, and I kind of yeah, I'll go through all this, but um, let's think back. So what? That practice that we did at the beginning, the receiving, Mm -hmm. um, so often we feel like we need to push. We need to push to be the best acute care therapist in Charleston, or we need to push to be the best pediatric traditional therapist there is. But Mm -hmm. with this practice, what I've learned is I need to receive. So Mm -hmm. what that means for me, this meant for me to slow down to listen to my body, to receive kind of my, basically listen to myself and receive like what I needed. Um, And I started imagining this practice and creating this practice out of what felt right and what felt good and what aligned with my gifts so that I could serve in a place that's a comfortable place. That's a place where I'm not pushing and striving and, and getting to burnout, but where it's a place where it's comfortable and safe and where I can build this safety and security and connection with my clients, because I do feel like that's where most of the change happens. Um, it, you know, with occupational therapy and and with mm-hmm. the holistic practice, um, So I really just slowed down. I joined a meditation group and we um, really dug deep and meditated together for 90 days um, every night um, for two hours. And I really just listened to my body, listened to my spirit, listened to my soul and started to relinquish some of that control and some of that striving energy and let some of the receiving energy come um, and you know, that's when it was able to find my flow. And this practice is really all about flow. Um, you know, letting the nervous system flow, letting, you know, letting these movements flow and the energy move, um, you know, so that people can do what they want to do in their lives.
2: Mm-hmm. It is interesting that you started something by slowing yourself down. Yeah. And the fact that you saw the need because probably patient number one was Casey O'Haron. Exactly. And you realize, okay, this is you're, you were in a similar place before and something that has helped you is a practice that you cling to and you kind of rely on. And two hours of meditation every night for 90 days, my goodness, that's some faith, that's determination in its own way, but it's also very centering, I, I suppose. I've never meditated for two hours, I won't lie to you. Yeah. Um, but. The fact that you are you were being you're being fed you're being nurtured, you're yep. receiving like you just said mm-hmm. is is such a big big key, and I think we oftentimes just try to output i'm <laughs> this whole platform eventually it really essentially is like output like what are people bringing to the world what are people doing what does the method look like yeah, you know, and a lot of times we forget the method also means people adding into your own life. Right.
0: Turning inward.
2: Exactly. Looking and digging deep. um, It's like, I think it was Emerson. I'm going to butcher this, but Emerson said, what lies between us is nothing more than what lies within us. Exactly. The fact that you're able to bring attention to that is, is really beautiful.
0: And Um, I'll tell you too, another thing that, that I learned in, in that meditation, group that it it's not only it is definitely turning inward but it's not only that it's also connection. So that mm. group is with about 10 other um you know young young women and the connection and support is something that i think due to social media and comparison and judgment and competition a lot of times we're missing that connection. Just mm. that ability to sit with someone and be with someone and just be in total silence, and connect. And there is so much safety and security and learning that happens in that stillness and in that space. And that's what was really transformative for me. And that's really what launched me into this practice, um, and made me feel safe and and strong enough to start building a practice.
2: That stillness is is huge. When you, what you said about that remind me of a I think it was the how I built this from the lady that founded Canva. I forget her name right now, but yeah. she her, her business partner is her husband, I believe. And one of the things that they do when they're arguing is they find, they feel an argument coming on. They turn turn off all the lights in the room, lay down on their backs and hold hands with each other for five minutes. Wow! And at the end of it, if they still want to fight and argue, at least they'll be calmer if they have ideas. But the whole idea is five minutes of being still realizing it's not personal, they're with the other person that they love. They just want the other person and the whole company to be better. I think that's a really cool little thing that you reminded me of. But yeah. stillness is valuable. It's it's super valuable. But um I wanted to ask you this um what people kind of see self awareness and this stillness as maybe like something to be looked over. And obviously like it's a niche because you're able to create it and it's there's obviously value that you've presented. It's it's amazing. Um, what makes it worthwhile to you and the people that you serve?
0: Yeah, that's a great question because, and it's a great point too because it is something that's like, oh, I'll meditate when I have time, or oh, I'll slow <laughs> down when I have time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is, is in my practice, I don't necessarily think, you know, people don't necessarily come to slow down, but then when they when they start a session with me or when they get into a session with me and they notice the connection and the peace and the transformation that happens with that slowing down, um, and that physical connection too, because I I do a lot of manual therapies, um, you know, in my work, that safety and security that, that, that stillness and connection allows for is just so transformative that just, I think people, once they feel that they want it more. Hmm. Um, And so, you know, people, people always come with a problem. Like my child is having trouble with attention or autism or something, or I've been having horrible TMJ or headaches and they want a solution. But a lot of times some, the solution can be in that stillness and in that connection and in that safety and that's because that's, it, you know, in the nervous system, that's our vagus nerve. We're calming down mm-hmm. the vagus nerve, and it's so it's a it's a mind body it's a mind body medicine, um, with that connection. So, I think they come to me for a fix, but they get a little bit more than they bargained yeah. for. <laughs>
2: and it's it's great. You're you're providing extra value and a value that really is more of a shift in perspective and exactly. giving them giving them ways to control their worries and pains rather than medicating because a lot of the things I mean when i learned about the endogenous opioid system mm-hmm. basically like we the same opioid compound can be made in our own brain we when that. we when we exercise or do different things yep it, and we were made to want it in this opioid pandemic with medication and all this other stuff like it's because your body's getting it without having to do the work for it exactly. and you're i think the fact that you're bringing the attention back to that mind-body connection rather than the body getting what it wants and the mind just getting a second second seat but rather the mind driving the body and the spirit and mm-hmm. everything working in unison it's 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 truly truly beautiful so um we're getting toward the end of our time here and and Again, time flies and we're having such a good conversation. I didn't, again, like it's, we're 28 minutes in and it's, it's wonderful to talk and, uh, and all, but I want you to kind of do your own little self reflection right here. All right. So you talked about everything from your own adversity to where you're helping other people now. And obviously you have got a long road ahead in this big journey that is Casey O'Haron's life. Yeah. Uh, what would be one word to describe? this whole thing?
0: Gosh, that's a great question. Um,
2: and it could be a phrase. I'm, I've, I've, I've gotten a little softer on this, on this question, <laughs> but um, just something, you know,
0: you know, I think, I think it is all about flow. Why flow? I think, you know, my pattern, at least my pattern, my safety thing is control. So I want to control my hip injury or my, um, you know, what my, you know, in old settings, like when my patient would get up with me or, um, you know, control an outcome. But instead, I flip it to flow. And so I feel like when I release that control, that's when I find flow. And that's kind of where the magic happens is that release of control and the settling in and the allowing a flow. And I think of flow as the breath, as the body moving. Um, there's just so many ways our, you know, our flow can be interpreted. Um, in a lot of my manual work, I feel the the pulsations and the flow in people's bodies and, you know, just finding that the peace in the flow is kind of magical.
2: And, and it's beautiful. I've heard different practices of just being in touch and with the vibrations of your own heart and of your mind and of your blood flowing and yeah. paying attention to everything and really being that more self aware. So that way you can do what you need to do and want to do. So, again, I seriously have learned so much from you. And I know so many people that listen to this podcast will not only listen to you, but want to get a hold of you. So, Casey, how can people get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um thank you so much. This has been so awesome. Um my website is RootsToThriveOT.com and my Instagram is rootstothrive.ot. Um so, yeah, it's it's all about building those strong roots so that we can can thrive in our lives, whatever whatever that may be.
2: And Casey will do a fin fantastic job i mean if you have listened to this podcast then you've you, you feel it herself she's got this awesome energy it's very steady and she's able to do that for you too um casey is there anything you want to say before we head out
0: thank you so much for listening in i'm so happy to be able to share a little bit you know a little bit of a different method and um i love being on the method supply code That was Casey O'Heron on
1: how to find your flow and let it guide you through the obstacles life brings. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Method Supply Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite streaming service. That's all for now. But as always, we challenge you to find, live, and share your method today. See you next time.